0: grandfather. And this grandfather had helped out in his granddaughter's Sunday school class on Palm Sunday. And so he was very excited because he doesn't get to work with kids very much. And so he went in there, very excited. This thing does not want to stay up to So he went in and he said, Children, who can tell me why we celebrate Easter? And the first came, me, 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 me. I can tell you. And the first child says, we go to the mall, and we sit on the big bunny's lap, and we tell him what we want in our basket. And then the second child, no, 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 that's not what it's about. No, it's when you get a tree, and you hang eggs on it, and then you wake up on Sunday, and there are presents under the tree. Then grandfather says, oh, what am I going to do? So he looks at his granddaughter. And he said, Sarah, would you like to tell the class why we celebrate Easter? Yes, Grandpa, I'll tell them. It's when Jesus was crucified and he died and his disciples laid him in a grave. They rolled a big stone in front of the opening and then the guards fell asleep. And then on the third day, there was a big earthquake The stone rolled out of the way and then the whole town came out to the grave. And they wanted to see Jesus come out of the tomb. Because if Jesus came out and saw his shadow, then that meant that there were six more weeks of winter. Oh, heavens. You see, there's some confusion in the world about Easter. It's seen by the world as a kind of second-rate holiday. This past week, I watched a Man on the Street video where they asked people about Easter. And many of those people, they had no idea what Easter was. None. They didn't know it was about Jesus. They didn't know it was about resurrection. But you know what? The majority of people know that Christmas is about Jesus. It's about Jesus being born as a baby in a manger. The Christmas season is warm. It's filled with family and well wishes and parties and gifts. We sing songs. We celebrate. We laugh. But not at Easter. You don't hear about people going out singing Easter carols. See, Easter reminds us of death. Easter brings to mind pictures of Jesus suffering. (coughs) Jesus dying on a cross. We don't like death. We avoid it. We try to eat healthy and we exercise. We take vitamins just so we'll live longer. We don't like to talk about death. We're afraid of it. We dread it. We avoid it as much as possible. Well, let's be honest, it's not like we go to funeral parlors to meet people for coffee. No, we don't do that. But as much as we dislike death, as much as we despise death, we cling to it as part of our worldview. We can't see clearly because of it. It clouds our thinking. Now, I'm not just talking about our physical dying, but the sense of deathliness that we carry around with us. We believe that death has the last word and that gives us a sense of defeatism. We feel downtrodden and burdened and we allow that to affect the way we see the world and the way we see ourselves. Now the ushers are going to hand out name tags today. Now don't worry. This is not some sort of crazy welcome and embarrass the new people exercise. I'm not gonna do that. Nobody's going to see these name tags but you. But what I want you to do, you're gonna get two name tags. And I want you to take a moment, and on that top name tag, I want you to write your name, but how you see yourself. How would you describe yourself And that's what you're going to write. Hello, my name is. Anxious. Worrier. How do you see yourself? Maybe you see yourself as beautiful. Praise God. But many of us don't see ourselves that way. So when you get your name tag, take that moment. Write down that name that you would give yourself. How would you describe yourself? What do you see when you look in the mirror? What descriptive name do you have for yourself? first First name tag. get back to those in a few minutes. Nobody has to see it but you. Just between you and God. You know, Death has been around since Adam and Eve took a bite of the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. And ever since then, it's been the great equalizer among people. We can't buy our way out of it. We can't run away from it. It doesn't matter your race, your gender, your ethnicity, your social or economic status. We all have to deal with death. We've all experienced the loss of someone that we've loved and cared for. And so we can understand how Mary felt that Sunday morning coming to the tomb before light. She came to grieve. She came to say goodbye just one more time. But when she arrives... She finds the stone rolled away. She is shaken, who would take a dead body? So she runs to tell the disciples and then Peter and John run back with her to the tomb. They enter the tomb and they find only the linen wrappings, no Jesus, no body. Then it says that the disciples went back to where they were staying. In Luke's gospel, he adds that they were wondering what happened. Because they still didn't believe what Jesus had told them. That he would die and rise again. They still didn't believe it. And so they walk away. But not Mary. Mary stayed. It says she stood outside the tomb, weeping. Mary is hurting. She is mourning a loss. She's heartbroken. We can all relate to that feeling. We know it. It's too real. But what she doesn't realize is that Jesus is there. She just hasn't seen him yet. You see, Jesus will never leave you at the tomb, ever. He will never leave you there. When we are struggling, when we are hurting, and we feel that Jesus has left us, It's usually us who's walked away from him. Like the disciples. We think Jesus has left us. Then we go on our own way. Oh, God forgot me. But not Mary? Mary stayed. She stayed in the pain. The Bible says that God will never leave us. Nor forsake us. Oh, what a old word forsake what does that mean that means abandoned god will never abandon you no matter the trials you're facing no matter what challenges sufferings or hurts you are facing jesus will never leave you there in the sadness and in the darkness in our deathliness he will meet you right there he is there right where you are Some of you know my story. Some of you may not. About 13 years ago, I had brain cancer. And that was a dark time. And I had people telling me, God must be mad at you. You need to be mad at God. Walk away from God. Look, he's letting you have cancer. No, he's not. I know, he's here. He's here walking me through it. He's meeting me at the tomb and walking me through it. But I still had to, it wasn't just a, oh, yes, Jesus is right there. I know it. I had to wrestle with God. I had to say to God, where are you? I can't see you. I need to see you in my pain. I need to see you in this darkness. And he was there. You know, sometimes he's there, we just don't see him yet. You know, the Bible's full of people running away from God. But God pursuing them. Saying, I'm still here. I have not forgotten you. About Jonah, the fish guy who was swallowed up. He tried to run away from God. But God pursued him and pursued him till Jonah said, I see you now, I see you. Or what about Job, the man who lost everything? He wrestled with God, he went after God, he questioned God, and God was there, answering every question. Until Job said, up until this point, I hadn't seen you, Lord, but now, now I see you or what about Peter he watched Jesus get arrested he watched Jesus get dragged away and then he denied Jesus oh that guy no I don't know him no I've never seen that guy yet God pursued him Peter turned from God in his pain but God did not leave Peter in his pain See, sometimes God shows up in our pain and we don't recognize him. Our scripture tells us that Mary turned around and saw Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. She thought he was the gardener. You want to have a little fun? Next time you get pizza ordered to your house, open the door and say, oh, I'm sorry, I was expecting Jesus. And see what they do no just kidding (laughs) but it's a great conversation starter i'm telling you but so often jesus shows up and we don't recognize him until he calls our name jesus said to her mary mary suddenly she recognizes her lord rabboni she cries out teacher it's you you see, names are important. They identify us. They say where we came from. They say whose family we belong to. Mary is referred to in scripture as Mary Magdalene. And we're first introduced to her in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 8. This is what it says. Along with some woman who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, among them was Mary Magdalene for whom Jesus had cast out seven demons. You see, she first met Jesus in her pain, in need of healing. And then she becomes one of his most ardent followers and supporters, going with him everywhere. In fact, she was at the foot of the cross when he took his last breath. You know, she's mentioned at least 12 times in the Gospels. That's more than some of the apostles' names are mentioned. And then here at the tomb, Jesus meets her once again in her pain, in her time of grief. But this time he calls her by a new name, Mary. Not Mary Magdalene, but Mary. It's personal. It's relational. See, names are important to God. We read several instances in Scripture of when God changes the name of a person to signify the work and the change that he's done in them. Abram becomes Abraham. Jacob becomes Israel. Simon becomes Peter. Saul becomes Paul. You see, In the kingdom of God, a change of name is symbolic of a change of heart. Some of you need a change of heart this morning. Some of us, I'm including myself. Are you in need of peace, joy, purpose? What about power, strength, just to face another day? Every one of us needs a change of heart at some point in our lives. Sometimes our bad attitudes... Get in the way sometimes our negative perspectives necessitate several changes of heart along the way that's me that's me but the good news of resurrection sunday the good news of easter is that jesus is alive
1: Amen.
0: he lives and because he lives we can live with him not just eternal living we live with him today in this world in our earthly <coughs> bodies And because he has risen, we know that death does not have the final word. Death and darkness have no power over us. They don't control us. They cannot steal our joy. They cannot rob us of peace. Jesus came to die and rise from the dead. To lift us up from our brokenness, from our darkness, from our bondage to the things of this world. And he's given us new names. Names that will help us fulfill the potential that God has placed in us. We have a Savior who's meeting us right where we are, willing to change us into something new, a new creation. No matter what you've done in your past, no matter what you've said in your past, no matter where you find yourself today, right now, you have a Savior calling your name. He is calling every one of us by our name. And he says, I knew you before you were born. I made you. I formed you in the womb of your mother. I called you into existence. I love you and you and you and you with an everlasting love. And I want to be with you forever. And I want you to have life. Abundantly. Jesus says, behold, here I am standing, knocking at the door of your soul, calling out to you. I've come to release you from your past. I've come to release you from your hurts, your pain, and your darkness. Jesus came to set us free, to bring God's power and life to us. To help us reach our potential and fulfill our purpose as his children but in order to reach that full potential as his child we have to give up the names that we give ourselves we have to focus on the one that he has for us that's true for those of us who don't know Jesus and those of us that do it doesn't matter because we always tend to focus On our old names the names we give ourselves rather than the one that he has for us now I want you to take that second name tag and I want you to ask God what name do you have for me God what do you see when you look at me Write it down on that (laughs) second name tag. Church, we can't ever allow our name to uh, be identified with only our past. With only our shortcomings. With only our brokenness. Or the darkness that we keep trying to hold on to. See, Easter offers us hope. Jesus came to save us from our sins. And to give us a new name. One that he's written in heaven for us. Do you know that God thinks you are his masterpiece? Paul wrote a letter to the Ephesians and said, We are God's masterpiece created anew new in Christ Jesus you are a masterpiece of the father listen to Peter's description of God's children yes the same Peter that just turned his back on Jesus that God kept pursuing yeah that Peter he saw the risen Jesus and then he believed and here's what he writes to believers in first Peter you are chosen people you are a royal priesthood you are a holy nation you are God's special possession think about something you have that you prize that's how God sees you beloved precious worthy of his love worthy of his mercy his grace worthy to die for but we can't forget the second part of that verse so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light and that is exactly what Mary does when Jesus calls her Mary and she sees him she runs and tells the others I have seen the Lord, she says. She couldn't help but talk about her encounter with Jesus. The one who was mourning has now become filled with overwhelming joy. She's seen the Lord. Some of us here this morning can say, I have seen the Lord. I've heard him. He's called me by name. And that's what we need to be sharing with others who haven't heard the story yet. There was a story many years ago about a missionary team that had gone to Bangladesh. They were visiting a very remote village, and they were showing the villagers a film about Jesus. And as the story unfolded, and it got to Jesus' crucifixion, there were audible gasps in the audience and tears people started to sob. But one of the mission team's sons, he stood up in the crowd and he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He gets up again. I've seen this before. That's the message of Easter. This is our message to the world that's overwhelmed by brokenness and by darkness. We need to say, fear not. Jesus is alive. We've seen him. We've heard him. He brings us hope in life. In fact, he doesn't just bring it, he is it. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe it? Those words have been light and hope to people for 2,000 years. And because Jesus rose from the dead, death doesn't have the last word. Jesus was victorious over death. Death doesn't need to overcome us. Darkness and pain and brokenness don't define us. They shouldn't consume us. (coughs) See, God doesn't leave us at the tomb. If you take anything from this message today, hold on to that. Whatever you are struggling with today, God will not leave you there. He will not leave you at the tomb. That's not our Savior. He's there, and he's calling out your name. And he's waiting for you to turn around and say, Here I am, Lord. Here I am. We have a God of life. We have a God of love. He didn't just raise Jesus from the dead to show off his power to us. He rose Jesus from the dead so that we can live our lives in a new and loving relationship with him and with one another. Jesus is there with you today, right where you're at. In the midst of broken relationships and broken families, he's there offering forgiveness. In the shadow of addiction and brokenness, he's there offering hope and wholeness. In the midst of cancer and sickness, he's there offering healing and strength. In the midst of conflict, he's there bringing peace. Jesus is always there, always drawing us towards God and changing us in his spirit. To be the people that we were created to be. Truly alive. And truly free. In Jesus. Max Lucado has a new book out. Called Anxious for Nothing. And this is his last little poem that he puts in it. And I wanted to share it with you. Today I will live today. Yesterday has passed. Tomorrow is not yet. I'm left with today so today I will live today relive yesterday no I will learn from it I will seek mercy for it I will take joy in it but I won't relive it and I won't live in it the sun has set on yesterday the sun has yet to rise on tomorrow I will not worry about tomorrow It deserves a glance and nothing more. I can't change tomorrow until tomorrow. So today, I will live today. I'll face today's challenges with today's strength. I will dance today's waltz with today's music. And I will celebrate today's opportunities with today's hope. Today. Let us laugh and listen and learn in love today. And then tomorrow, we'll do it all again. Because a new day and a new life awaits each one of us. Friends, Jesus Christ is risen. And his resurrection is more than just a miraculous light show to shock the people that crucified him. When Jesus rose, he turned the entire universe on its head death is silenced. All creation, including you and me, can be made whole. We can be restored because God has the final word and that final word is Jesus. And it's Jesus that we celebrate today. That's why we're here. But we need to choose today. Who are we following? and then focus on that name that Jesus has given us. Not the one we give ourselves, give that up. Focus on the one that Jesus has for you. Because when we let Jesus change our heart, he changes our name, he gives us a new one. Not our physical names, not the name that the world knows us by. I'm still Christian to the world. But he has changed the name I've given myself see I did the same exercise earlier my name the way I see myself insecure I'm insecure I can't do this Lord I can't do this Lord you want me to do what I can't I can't and then when I sat and I prayed and I said Lord That's how I see me, but how do you see me, Lord? And he said, I see you as bold. But if I choose to live by the name I give myself, insecure, I'll never be able to live up to the name he's given me, which is bold. You know that's why my hair's pink (laughs) because it was a it was a sign of the transformation that God has done in me it's a sign to I see you as bold I that's how I see you so this is a reminder of God's work in me and it's also a great conversation starter Especially when they find out what I do for a living. Because most people come to me and say, oh, are you a rock star? Are you, what are you, what do you do? And when I say, oh, I'm a pastor, I'm like, whoa. What church do you go to? And then they say, but can I come? Can I come? I want to go to your church. If they let a pastor have pink hair, then that's where I want to be. But that's what I'm talking about here, name. God has a name for you that's better than what you see yourself as. That's the purpose of the resurrection. New life. New purpose. But we have to let Jesus change us. We have to accept his gift of mercy and his gift of grace. It's his presence that will change your life. It's his presence that helps us exchange darkness for light, to exchange death for life, sorrow for joy, meaningless for purpose, weakness for power. Heavenly Father, I have no words, Father. I am humbled by your presence. I am humbled by your spirit that's with us this morning father help us to focus on you and the name that you have for us remind us that Jesus doesn't leave us at the tomb remind us that his resurrection was not just a a bold spectacle it had purpose it was to restore relationships. It was to bring life. Father, help us release the names we call ourselves. Help us to have eyes to see ourselves the way you see us. And Father, help us have eyes to see others the way you see them, not the way we see them. In Jesus' holy In precious, precious name, amen. Amen.